0: How you making out? Good, good. didn't I um, I just got done working out.
1: Oh yeah, I'm working
0: out. Yeah, I'm working out every day, and um, you know, since the operation on the back, I had um, uh, you know was restricted for quite a while. Now I'm back. There's no pain, and you know the only thing you have to do right now you can't socialize. So um, so working out is a beautiful thing. Makes you feel better. You know? Oh yeah, that's the I want to get ready, so um, so when the summer comes, July comes, I want to take you out on a fishing trip, man.
1: I would love that. Yeah, Yeah, that'd be awesome. So, what are you doing for workouts? You're doing some stuff in in house, there.
0: Okay, yeah. So what I do is, um, um, first of all, one day I do the upper, you know, do the uh, with the rubber bands. You know, you have the right resistance. It's a good workout, you know. Sure. I do the whole um, upper body and then this morning it was a lower body so i climbed uh 420 steps okay good for the legs sure. um about 50 push-ups and 60 sit-ups. so yeah. um that's that's every other day that's what i do so it keeps me in pretty good shape
1: now yeah that's great good for you not too many uh, people your age doing that kind of workout so
0: i'll give you all the props well, in the world for that yeah you know what when you get older, I think that's that's where a lot of people are missing you know they they go, the, they go to they go to on a diet they walk you know but I, as you get older, you lose muscle tissues, and once you do this then um, you become a different person so but if you keep up with the um, resistant exercises, then that really makes a big difference
1: yeah I agree. I've seen that with my grandparents, both of them once they stopped you know just doing basic fundamentals and moving. It's almost like you age at you know, warp speed. You know, you're, you're just, we're, we're designed to move. And once you stop, oh, oh, it's, uh, the
0: aging process is sped up. Yeah, you lose. You know, as you get older, you know, you lose you lose that. But once you lose that, then, you know, but like for an example, we're talking about going offshore fishing, right? 80 yeah. miles out, um, you know, four or five months ago, there's no way I wanted to, um, I was equipped physically to go 80 miles of shore, you know? Now that I'm working out, I can't wait till we get going. That's a big difference between the two. Yeah. yeah it's okay.
1: The other thing you got going for you is your attitude. You seem to have, uh, well, every time I, I associate with you and talk to you, always a really strong, positive mental attitude. I know that's a big part of your philosophy. We've talked about it before. Maybe, uh, maybe you want to share a little bit about that and, and how powerful it is.
0: Yeah, they, um, you, know, you know, positive attitude is important for me, you know, and they're well looking. You know, so, so if you feel lousy, you don't feel good about yourself or what's going on, that's what you're going to attract the whole day, and if you, you become miserable, you don't have fun. But when, when you have a positive attitude, then, then um, things change. You know, good things happen to you, and I had a lot of people asking me say, "Well, how do you do this?" Well, I tell them you have to have a vision, and then right away they say, "What do you mean by the vision?" Well, you know, it's not how much you can wait. I mean, how much you can make, make or, um, or um, um, you know, different different things in life is 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 um, what is it or who you could work for? But the, it, really, the question is. Um, what is it that I love to do? Yeah, self, You know, what is it? You know, and that be- that becomes your vision. And then once you have that vision, then you could dream about it. Because right. right now there's not much you can do about it. But if you dream about it and you get pumped, you get excited, then everything changes around you.
1: Yeah. No. That's 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 so true because. I think um a lot of people get you know wrapped up into this negative way of thinking, and I think at the very least if you can just not think negatively and just think neutrally, you know that you're, that's a win but I think going to your back to your point on the vision, I think a lot of people are chasing whether it's the money or they're chasing they're chasing the wrong vision and, and it's hard to be fulfilled and it's hard to really truly be happy and positive when um you know, you're chasing the wrong thing. I think for you, what I see is you're such a good spirit and you're always helping people. And that's part of, that must be part of your vision, right? Is, is always yeah. making people feel better about themselves, always making an impact in the community. And, and it's almost
0: just becomes natural for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and one thing I want to share, which for me it's very important, is, is you have to ask for. It's not enough just to have a vision. nothing happens but ask for and for me as I ask the universe you know and it gets a little bit deeper here but I ask the universe for what I want to accomplish about my vision whatever Mm -hmm. and then once I ask for stop it for me to worry about how it's going to happen let you know how it's going then you walk around every day and you know, you're, you're not worried about how it's going to happen because, you know, the universe is going to take care of this. And as you move forward, situations and people you don't even know exist will come into your life and help you realize your vision. It's a beautiful way to live. Love it. That's how I live. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm awesome. glad you brought that up because I, uh,
1: you know, I've, I've recently learned about really speaking to the universe and, and speaking out your, your ideas and and your vision because thinking it is is not enough and to your point uh there's something powerful about either writing it down or communicating it to the universe it's almost like you've imprinted it into the dna of the universe and then and then therefore you're attracting what you're you're putting out there so i can absolutely relate to that and just in the last few years that i've really started putting that into practice and and i've seen it work firsthand i think before that i was just naive to think that if you believe you know you believed enough and you you worked hard enough. You could you can manifest this all, and I think you can to some degree. But uh, there's something extremely powerful about putting it out there verbally and and communicating it and
0: and trying to get that energy back into into your world. So, sure. Um, yeah. And uh, again, again, the secret is we have to ask. If we don't ask, nothing happens. Right. That's powerful stuff. Yeah,
1: it really is. And I, I would say that's one of the secrets that most people don't really tap into. You know, I think people are afraid to ask or they're shy or whatever the barrier is that they're not asking if they're worried about the answer. No. Um, but I agree. I've learned, I've learned this a lot lately. Just, uh, the, the, all you can do is ask, you know, that's all you can do. And you know, whether it yeah. manifests or not, I mean, but if you don't ask, <clears throat> you'll, you'll never receive. So
0: it's an important, mm, I, yeah, you know, I, I read a good, I read a good quote about this. They, um, um it's about jumping you see, you see, uh, uh a woman jumping off the cliff in the ocean it's about 100 feet deep right and um and the quote is if you don't jump in life you're going to live the same way you're living now that's powerful stuff you, know? oh, yeah. so you ask you take risk and you jump and beautiful things happen
1: yeah no that's 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 so true because I think um, a lot of people get you know wrapped up into this negative way of thinking, and I think at the very least, if you can just not think negatively and just think neutrally, you know that you're, that's a win. But I think, yeah, you know what? And I, I think a lot of people struggle with that because when you when you jump, you you're jumping into the unknown, right? And people fear the unknown, but life is risky whether you play it safe or or you don't. And I think sure. you know, taking taking these leaps of faith. And, and taking these risks are really what opens up and unlocks these opportunities and these, these doors that might have mm-hmm. never been uh, been there in the first place. So couldn't agree with you more on Do that. It.
0: It's powerful. Yeah. yeah, you know, it, it, it takes me back uh, quickly. It takes me back when I was a kid. You know, I was, um, well, I was a kid. I was 17 years old. And I got drafted by the grooms. okay? And um, I had to go to Niagara Falls to play, play junior hockey and i picked up my suitcase all by myself i went on the train couldn't speak english i got on the train and went to niagara falls and quite a few people asked me how did you manage to do this you know you could have stayed home and do different things and play it safe but um you know number one thing was because my vision was to play the national hockey league and once you have a vision like this you're willing to do anything that comes in front of you to make it happen to get there. And it's far, you know, it's, it's far for stuff. If I would have played it safe, I would, um, have, nothing would have happened as far as sports is concerned. I wouldn't be talking to you today. That's right. How about that? <laughs> yeah. well, it worked all well for you. <laughs> oh yeah, of course, of course, of course, you know, so beautiful things happen in life. And, um, and you know, it's a um, I have a vision, you know, and have a positive mind and uh, just move on. Don't worry about the rest. I keep repeating myself. It's worth it. Don't worry about the rest. How it's going to happen. It's not our concern how it's going to happen. Beautiful thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is an important lesson. I think a lot
1: of people want to script out their lives and their opportunities, right. To, to know exactly what to expect. I think that's the beautiful part of life is if you just trust the process I think believing in yourself is a huge part of this. You believe in yourself, trust the process. It will work mm-hmm. out. We just don't know how exactly it's going to work out, but it usually does. And I think the believing in yourself component is probably the, the most you know, underused or, you know, underemphasized piece, I think. And everyone's looking outside themselves, looking for a belief system outside themselves or looking for someone else to believe in themselves. But if you don't believe in mm-hmm. yourself, no one else will. And I think of for me, that's what I've learned the most is like... We have to believe in ourselves,
0: otherwise you have no shot. Yeah, of course. You know, we watch – it's funny. We watched last night with uh, Jeannie and I, and we watched the uh, – the we watched the um, 1974 um, Stanley Cup, the sixth game, you know, the final, when yeah. we won one nothing. Think about this. Yeah. And, and, and when you look, and I share – that's something else too I share with people. The odds, you know, they had Bobby Orr, Spazzeri, and all those guys they had the you know fantastic team. We had, we were an expansion team for seven years, right? We had never won in Boston in seven years, and Boston had, had the the home ice advantage, and the odds had to be fifty to one against us, at least fifty to one to win the Stanley Cup, and uh, we won. You know, we won because we believe in ourselves. And the most important thing is we won as a team and, you know, you play sports. And uh, one thing you learn as a kid in sports that if you want to win, you want to be successful, you have to be part of a team. It's not that I do it, you know, it's we do it, you know, as a team. And, um, and then eventually you grow up in life. If it's not in sports, but in the world of business, it's always the same pattern, you know. You have to be surrounded by good people.
1: Yeah, that's if you win. The importance of team. Eh? It's, uh, geez, you know, I know it sounds cliche when you talk about it, but uh I've never won a Stanley Cup I won a couple of you know minor league championships, but you know, just that that energy that you can't quantify when it's really a true team is is something special, you know, and uh there's nothing really like it. You know, there's a lot of individuals that are really great and I've seen a lot of great players come and go. Um but you know that feeling of a real true team is is hard to really capture into words because it's just, it's just an amazing feeling. I didn't and, realize that you, know, you guys never won in Boston up until then. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. won a one game.
0: Never won. No, wow. never did. How about that? Wow, it's amazing. Boston, yeah, Boston won the first game and then second game we won in overtime. And maybe the fact we had a good goalie had a lot to do with <laughs> <Of us>. course, <laughs> right? But we, we won in overtime. And uh, think about this, the, um, uh, during the overtime, just before Clarkie scored a goal, Busick came on on the breakaway. And um, thank you, Lord. You know, I was able to make the save, and then we went back up, and uh, that's when we scored. Clarkie, I wow. uh, believe, got the first shot, and he got his rebound, and then put it in. And then the whole thing changed because then um, psychologically, then, you know, everything changed for us. You know, we knew we could beat them. Yeah, made a big
1: difference. Yeah, no doubt. So, what's it like watching that game? How many years later? And and,
0: and, and my God, that's um, what, forty six years? Jeez. Yeah, you and know, watching watching the game, and I said, "Who the hell is this guy in goal?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm watching this. I said, "My lord, this is this is you know this is cool." It was the first time. Think about this in forty six, well, forty six years. First time I ever watched the whole game. Really? You know? Wow. And, and um, and uh, you know, you could see we had a good team, good coach, we were well coached, well disciplined, especially inside of our blue line yeah. and um if you look, I think the shots were thirty to twenty six for Boston, but the, a lot of those shots were from the angles because we were disciplined to push the players you know, in that direction and um but I'm looking at this, and I said, then you saw Fred Sherrill behind the bench, and all the players, you know, the players. Barber Clark, and then of course, to me was um, uh, you know really the main reason we won against them was that um, you know that leadership that Clark brought to the team, which is just incredible. It was good. Yeah, okay. it was fun.
1: You're two real tough teams too there, hey. Like talk about old school, old school hockey. Not just uh, you know, the, the talent, but uh, the grit, the toughness, and just um, you know the, I think those two teams, the Flyers and the Bruins, are. Notorious for being the the baddest teams, the roughest teams, right? And 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 some mm-hmm. best teams
0: too. It's amazing stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm surprised we only saw one fight in the game. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I know, right? Back in those days, yeah. Uh, a major surprise. Yeah. Well, hey, let's face it. We had to win the game because I don't think I will never know, but I I I think it would have been very difficult to win the second game in Boston, which would have been the seventh game, you know. So yeah. So um. So but. But when you look you look at you look at this, you know, the, um, um, the winning a the Stanley Cup, you know, you sk- first of all, you skate on the ice. Clark, he called me over. And, you know, they called me Ben at the time. They said, hey, Ben, come on, help me carry a Stanley Cup. So we skated. And you have to remember in those days that last was only about two feet high and on the boards. So everybody jumped on the ice. And you had Schultz in front of us, you know, hitting people <laughs> in the picture that we had. Oh, yeah, God, that was funny. That was funny. And uh, then when we walk in the uh, dressing room, you know, the celebration is just, just incredible. And I always said, I always bring this up like a guy like Bill Gates, who's worth 100 billion, right? Can't buy that, man. Yeah, have to yeah. learn it. It's a beautiful, 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 so grateful to have been part of that
1: team yeah i can imagine yeah there's some things in life money can't buy and that's that's one of them yeah i remember seeing the footage there it was flooded with people on the ice and the, the chaos uh, i can't imagine the, the aftermath and the and the parade and the whole bit uh uh something special you know the fact wow. that we're still we'll continue to talk about this you know f- forever is that's how magical it was and for you to be right there in the mix and mm. you know the the, the the kind of the, the Besides, you know, with, with Clarkie, is the, you know, the head of the snake there is, is something special. It's good
0: stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, you know what? I remember the first year when we got drafted, 1967, they brought all the players to Philly to introduce us to the city. So they put us on the, um, on the float, right, on Broad Street to introduce us to the city. I had about 25 players, and we had more people on the float than we had watching us. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew about the team yet. Seven years later, we won the Stanley Cup. And we had two million people. How about that? That's a beautiful hilarious. place to
1: play. Yeah, well, yeah. What a change, eh? So, how did you line up in Philly? Were you in part the exp- expansion draft? Is that how you landed up in Philly?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I played. Uh, I was in '65. I came in the league with the Boston Bruins, and guess what? My first game was in Chicago against Bobby Hall. Imagine that. Yeah. And I was only, I was 19, 19 years old. And he um, would come down across the blue line, big shoulders, you know how big he was, and they had curved blades a little bit, and between the blue line and the, the that circle, he would wind up. I looked at him, he looked at me, everything became in sort slow of motion. <laughs> and I would pray God let him score, so he would miss me. <laughs> they, uh, but we ended up tying the, the, the game two-two. Yeah, yeah, that was a um, you yeah, know that was a that was a good thing. And then what what really changed my career is two three years later I got traded to um, Toronto. You know. and um, and then I was disappointed, of course. And uh, but then when I got there, I realized that hey, wait a second, I'm going to split the duties with my favorite goalie, Jacques Plante, who was my idol when I played. I mean, when I live in Montreal, watching the games on Saturday, you know, Saturday night. And um, I watched him play, right? And I watched him play, I watched him practice, and he was so, so good. So one day, because I was 24, I believe, 25, 24, 25, and Plante was 41 years old, so there was no competition. So I asked him if he could help me. He said, of course. So I learned the understanding of the game, left-hand shot, right-hand shot, how my defensemen, because they all played differently, you know, how they would play them. And it helped me to position, to be at the right place at the right time when the guy shot, which it made it easier to make the save. And that changed, you know, changed my whole career. But I have to share this quick little story with you. The second year, at the end of the second year, um, if you remember, the World Hockey League came in to compete against the National Hockey League. Right. So one night, I received a phone call from the league, the World Hockey League, and asked me if I would join them. And um, very, very important lesson here for a lot of people. And I thought about it for a while. Then I called them back and I said, sure, why not? And um, I said to myself, it doesn't work out. What I had learned from plow I'll come back National Hockey League and I'll be fine. It didn't work out, so I came back with uh, which, uh, the rule was you had to go back to your original team, Toronto. So I went back to Toronto the same day they traded me back to the Flyers, and the next two years we won the Stanley Cup. No way. Wow. And I shared this with people because if I would have played it safe, nothing would have happened and for me anyway in Philly <laughs> when they won to the stand Stanley cup.
1: Okay. So that's
0: why I tell people jump, take risk. If it doesn't work out, learn from it, and move on. But most of the time, it it works
1: out. now. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. No, that's amazing. I didn't, I didn't know that either. How you landed back in Philly like that? Wow. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it worked out for you. Yeah. So, uh, a- yeah. That's 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 crazy. So you landed up uh, ending your career with an eye injury. I actually just read that today. I did not know that. Um, yeah. How did yeah. that? Imp- I mean, obviously, besides ending your career, how, how did that impact you emotionally? Um, and and the whole bit knowing that that
0: was, you know, that was the end of it. Yeah, well, you know, uh, the way it happened, began with is um, Jimmy Watson in front of the net with Don Maloney. It was against the Rangers. Mm -hmm. It was an afternoon game, and they lost their balance. And the puck was going from my left to the right. As I turned around, a stick hit me in the right eye. And um, right away, I knew I had major problems. So skated Mm -hmm. off the ice. And um, stayed in the hospital for two weeks because the shock affected the left eye. So I, I, you know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't see. It was darkness for two weeks. Very, very scary. And um, one day, you know, one day it came back. Like the doctor said, we don't have, we can't do anything right now. And um, but one day it came back. Good positive attitude.
1: Yeah. It
0: came back a little bit, and they said, okay, you're on your way, but not good enough to. Uh, to uh, play, but the problem I had at the time was I wasn't ready to, um, to move on and live the same lifestyle as I did when I played, and, you know, I didn't have any education and um, I didn't know what to do then and, and the Flyers were so kind that they um, they kept me with the team, with the organization as a goalie coach at the time and did a lot of PR for them and, and, um, and you know, it worked out very good. but. Uh, uh, without the flyers it would have been very very difficult
1: oh i'm sure yeah and just culture shock uh, to begin with with the injury and then to have to be forced to enter the real world with no real true plan <laughs> you know that's like mm-hmm. that that would be you know, a different category of taking risks because that you just have no control over you know so um you know it's, mm-hmm. it's obviously worked out for the flyers because you're still you're still kicking and you're still doing amazing stuff with the flyers so uh uh, it's unfortunate that it happened, but, uh, you know, you, you do have your eyesight. There's obviously a million positives that come along with it. And
0: the fact that they helped Joe with the yeah. job is super important. Yeah. You know, when you, when you look back, uh, hey, good old Lord provided me with 15 years, 14, 15 years national hockey. Right. That's pretty good, you know. And, um, and then the end came, and um, sometimes you need – maybe you need something like this to, to help you make a decision and then to move on and the the uncertainty of the future is very scary at the time, mm-hmm. because my philosophy was in the i should say as good as it is now but I, um, but I was always without realizing it, I um, always had that positive attitude and that, like I said, the right people came in at the right place at the right time and helped me to um, to move different directions with the hockey, you know um, uh, doing some p r for the flyers and and getting involved with other businesses, and um, it worked out pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. Going back to the positive
1: attitude, it's one of those things. If you if you didn't have that, and if you weren't a good character guy, that job opportunity would have never presented itself. I'm sure. Yeah, That's you know, who, yeah. who right. Um, But you know, I, I, building off what you said there, you know, the businesses stuff, like the way that everything's going these days with so much opportunity with social media and building your brand uh, while you're still currently playing um do you see do you you, i mean looking back obviously you were 100 focused on the flyers and win stanley cups and and i I understand that completely do you see um splitting hairs and possibly uh, focusing on business ventures while you're still playing or do you see that as a possible distraction or or can you do both because i know there's a lot of talk about um you know guys building businesses and brands while they're still playing so when this something like this does happen where you're caught off guard, you have a career-ending injury, you have something to, you know, ease into versus, you know, not doing anything and then having nothing and then, you know, maybe not having that
0: coaching opportunity.
1: So do you want to maybe talk
0: to that? That's a good point. You know, it's a good question. And I think, I think that the players are, although they make a lot more money than we did, they're a lot more prepared than we were in those days. Right. In those days, all they all wanted to do was to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, okay? but when it's over, there's no more Stanley Cup, you know. So, so you have to move on. And I have, I have to say that not I have to. I want to say that people were so kind in the Delaware Valley. To um, you know, you there's nothing wrong sometimes to ask for help, you know. Right. And And um, and beautiful things, yeah, beautiful things that happen. But we we weren't prepared. A lot of players, most players weren't prepared prepared for the future. As much as today, I think today they have, even from the National Hockey League, I believe they have counselors, you know, to help players to invest their money and and uh, to prepare for when the end. You know, I, I, it's a short career. You know, you're yeah. talking about maybe 12 years, 15 years if you're healthy. Now it's a short career, then you have to move on. And um, but having said that, you know what, being in Philly was uh, was a blessing because. Because um, I have met so many, so many wonderful people that were, were, um, they were there to help. You know, they're there to help when, when you needed help. And, uh, and without those people, it would have been very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, people, yeah, especially in Philly that, that, that I can speak to is, uh, you know, in the moment, relationship building, and then after the fact, You know, when I'm out of playing that some of these people and these fans are still, you know, still around and still supporting and and, and there if you need help is really is really amazing. And I think, um, you know, going back to that conversation, I think um, whether you have the idea of building a business or brand in that moment, I think just being a good person, that positivity, um, whether you have a plan there in that moment or not that will mm-hmm. that will follow you down the road, and whether it's five years, ten years, fifteen years, and then these people kind mm-hmm. of come and come around and resurface you know if, if if you're a good enough person to them you know I think I've seen a lot of guys that you know have no time for fans or you know have no time to have these these, these you know these talks after games and stuff and you know and and they mm-hmm. don't think anything of it, but I know for you know for me personally i've seen it kind of the way you're explaining it is that it's come full circle and people kind of coming out of the woodworks and be like, Oh yeah, you know, I you know, used to watch you with the phantoms and flyers and, and, and I just love what you're doing and I, I want to help out. So it's, it's just amazing how mm-hmm. just a simple positive attitude and just a, a simple handshake, looking someone in the eye, um, how far that can yeah.
0: take you down the road. You, you know, just, you just said the magic words. I remember when I was at the beginning be, beginning with the Flyers, I think it was 67 or 68. And um, I was talking to um, Ed Snyder, you know, that wonderful person. Yeah. Now that you know we wanted to send the cup because of him, because he made that commitment, you know, in 1967. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him and he interrupted me at one time and he said, from now on, when you talk to somebody, so, so powerful, he said, always look at them in the eyes. Mm. And never forgot that you know it has really, you know the, um, uh, throughout my my life throughout my career. Now the one thing one thing I want to share too quickly with you is when you step on the ice, you know you you've had that feeling. You become a, a performer, just like a singer on the stage. You mm-hmm. know you step on the ice, you become a different person. And then the crowd, you know the crowd we we had in Philly which was just 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 incredible and uh, the enthusiasm we had from the crowd it elevates you to a different level and makes you play a lot better I was just just, yeah there's one word that I think um, we have we have to respect that one word and we have to use it more often is um, grateful Mm -hmm. being grateful for what happened in my life be grateful uh, what's going in now and be grateful for, for my vision and when you're grateful, beautiful things happen to you.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I I've been practicing gratitude for for some time now. Um, you know, knowing about it, but not really practicing it. And, and gratitude is uh, is a powerful energy. And when you're when you're grateful for the good experiences, and you're grateful for the bad experiences, I mean, you, you make sense of of this life. And I you know, look at my my career, and it's. Yeah, no, not nothing nothing like yours but um you know grateful for all the struggles grateful for my journey grateful for all the punches to the head you know grateful mm-hmm. for my one goal against uh, the second best goalie that ever is lace him up next to you carry price um because mm-hmm. you know without that you know if, if I wasn't grateful for it I wouldn't be able to you know you know make peace with my past and move on and be able to take what I've learned into the next chapter of my life. But uh I see so many people have so many great things. They got a beautiful family and all these things going for them and they just can't find a way to practice gratitude. And and it it essentially makes them unhappy. And then that's the energy that they're emitting into the universe is is unhappiness and gratefulness. And it's unfortunate.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it works. It works well, you know. So (laughs) So it's good it's good to see you, man. You're looking good. Yeah man you too you too. Why don't you tell,
1: tell, tell us about um, a little project you got going on, a little teaser, the next 30, 30 yeah, days. Well,
0: so. Yeah, well, yeah, a little teaser. I did a um, little piece. Um, first of all, Jeannie, you mentioned Jeannie, my wife, you know, she's um, off of your question a little bit. She's done such a tremendous job to um, to keep me in front of the public, you know. And um, marketing, her marketing skills are just incredible, because let's face it, out of sight, out of mind. You know? Right. And I think today, my God, I'm just or maybe more popular in the world of hockey than when I played for God's sake. You know. <laughs> so, um, so you know, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Now she um, um, came up with this idea, and we can't I can't talk too much about it because we're going to have a fantastic surprise for the people in about. A month, or maybe five or six weeks from now, but it's about food, and um, and I think it, we're going to have fun with this. And uh, and uh, when you have fun with things, then everything works out. So so it's going to be good. And then I show in that little clip with my apron, you know, the hat, and the chef. It's not chef Bernie. You have to see like in French, Chef Bethnal, you know, that's, that's, that's what I thing. But we'll have fun and we'll have more information when, the, when we'll meet again in, the, in about four or five weeks. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing cool. the surprise and what you got uh,
1: cooking up there. But I think, you know, what makes you so marketable, it wasn't the Stanley Cops, wasn't being arguably one of the best goalies to ever play it's 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 your spirit it's your your energy you know you make everyone feel like a million bucks and i think um you know to me that is uh the most powerful thing when you talk about marketing is is yeah forget the stanley cubs forget the the flyers logo it's you it's you it's as Bernard, you know uh, outside of the uniform is to me is is what's special you know and then add that all on it's a it's an amazing package because that just beefs it up for you know for true fans but um mm. I, you know, I, I love what you do. I love how you present yourself, care of yourself. And I think that's why we kind of hit it off. Uh, you know, the, the few times we've had some, you know, heart to heart, deep conversations. So I, I appreciate you and, and all you do really. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You're a good man. And we'll boy. see you soon. Eh? Absolutely. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, taking the time and uh, we'll be in touch.